Scripture is Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 to 11. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor and have given your pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. It looks like my report uh, doesn't work this morning again. Um, can I have the... Yes. Have you ever met a homeless person asking for help? Yeah, we all did. What did you do? Did you help him or her? Yeah. Amen. Good. Thank you, Ken. Or you didn't. What makes your decision help the homeless man? When we, when people have compassion a concept toward this homeless man, his reality. People try to verify the concept, the compassion, with the reason by experiment and experience. So I will say, well, last time I gave him Gave another homeless person. No, it, last time I gave uh, this homeless person twenty dollar, but today I see him on the street still begging for help. So I don't think my twenty dollar would help him to change his reality. So I would not help him again. This is pragmatism. We built our great nation with pragmatism, which we only value the result of experiment, and the result must improve our life or beneficial to our life. If not, it is not practical. This practicality worked for civilization, right? So it has been, practicality has been the supreme good for human race since the beginning. But what about the kingdom of God? What is the supreme good of God? Today's proverb gives us practical wisdoms 
how to deal with the people in need. First, wisdom warns us about co-signing or pledging to help others in need. And the second wisdom is about not being lazy. In other words, not being needy. The first proverb warns strongly about co-signing a loan or giving pledge for others. I know if you have to co-sign for someone, you have to be very careful, right? You're really close with the person or you really trust that person. But what if somebody needs desperately need your help and asking for co-signing alone. Thank you, Ken. So the proverb says, if you have put up security for your neighbor, Ultimately, save yourself. God wants us to help others as much as we can. But God does not want us to help others beyond our capacity. That is simple. Because there is, there will never cease to be poor in the world. The needy people be always around. We can be needed too. Anytime. So God wants us to manage our finance carefully so we can help the needy whenever we can. In Deuteronomy 15, God commanded the Israelites, if among you one of your brothers should become poor, In any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Actually, except this proverb, most of the Bible talks about God wants us to help other people. Over and over. Because the economic system of the world is seriously defective. We know that. Even our social security system is defective too. Because of our sinful nature. No matter what we do, there are poor and needy people in our society. So, we can think God is not practical Because God wants us to help the needy, even though there will be no end of it, it's not practical. But for God, God is practical because our help out of our compassion is the only way to restore the poverty, the poor people in the world. We restore the poor people from their sin 
So we invite, by we helping them, we invite the poor to be connected to God. This Saturday, City Gate, once again, we'll probably feeding over 150 people, as usual. It's just lunch. It's not a lavish lunch, but by, by we hand out this lunch and water and whatever coffee, whatever we offer, we connect them to God. We are not going to city gate to eradicate, remove the poverty in the world forever. Jesus is the same. Jesus feed the people. Jesus help the people not to eradicate the poverty in the world, but connect those people to God. So they know who they are. So they know when they connected to God, they know their life is eternal. That is a salvation. Knowing their life is eternal, that is salvation. So God is practical. So we must help others anyway. We must help others anyway. Even before the sin, we must help others. Because we are created to be the helper for each other. We are created to be the helper. In Genesis, God said, The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, the man, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the first work, first job for man was giving name to other creatures. Giving name means giving meaning and purpose as God designed the creatures. But man, the man did not have helper who give the name, calls his name. So God gave the man a woman, a helper. But we are all, men and women, we are all helpers for each other, giving meaning and purpose as we being needed, being needed. That is the image of God. That is the intention of creation. Being Thou and I, you and I, that is love. God God being our Thou, and we are Thou for God. And we are Thou and I between us. That is love. Are you helper? Are we helping others? Remember, if we don't help, if we are not needed, it is a fundamental violation of the principle of creation. There are two different sins. The sins of commission and the sins of omission. We all know the story of uh, the rich man and the beggar Lazarus. Right? Maybe it's a popular story for Sunday school kid, right? 
It's interesting. There's no indication of a sin of this rich man. He did nothing wrong. Just Lazarus, beggar Lazarus, just in front of his house and begging for help, begging for food. And he just died. And the rich man died too. But rich man died and he went to hell, Hades. Hell in torment. But the beggar Lazarus went to heaven. Why? Why? Because the rich man didn't help the poor Lazarus. So he committed the sin of omission. Many Christians think about only sins of commission. What we commit, stealing, murdering, or cheating, right? But there are sins of omissions, which we sin against God by not doing it. Not doing the will of God. Have you committed any sins of omission? You saw a person in need, but you didn't help. Even you could help, but you didn't help for some reason. Proverbs says, then do this. If you pledge to somebody to help, then do this, my son, save yourself, for you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. So Proverbs warns about save yourself from any pledge and the overwhelming pledge to even helping other people. God wants us to help others in need, but Proverbs makes it clear, living with a huge debt is like living without God. It is like living in a hell. Separation from God, that is living in hell. So our finance is critical to our faith. We know that. To serve God, to help others, we must manage our time and money wisely because we are limited. So one of the spiritual disciplines is simplicity. Maybe you have you read this book, The Spiritual Discipline by Richard Forster. He said, Simplicity is a freedom. Duplicity is a bondage. So the goal of a simplicity is not living humble life, but living kingdom life. We're not just being cheapskate. It's not. It focuses not just being frugal, but living kingdom life. We don't help other people because we are not rich. But because we are compassionate, we have this compassion. We are doing the will of God. We are doing the, what we are designed for. 
the compassion, we know the meaning of compassion. We suffer together. We suffer, willing to suffer others' pain. We, we, we're willing to experience the hunger of others' hunger. That's compassion. By sharing ours, not enough, but sharing ours, sacrificing ours, not only time, not only money, but our time and our gift and everything we have, our, all the resources we have. So to do that, we must live sinful life. We make our life simple. Are we living simplicity or duplicity? The second proverb warns us about being sloth. We must help the needy, but God doesn't want us to be needy first. Right? Proverbs says, go to the ant, or sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. A mere ant, tiny creature ant. I don't know how they are smart. <laughs> There's tiny creature. But Proverbs says, God says, go to the ant and learn from this tiny creature. Why? Because simply they obey the principle of a creation. Actually, the entire nature is obedient to the principle of creation except human beings. Because our Creativity, but it's more of our sin. We desire more than our needs because of sin. So we cannot be obedient to the principle of creation. So ants, these insects, they working by the principle of God, the image of God. So what do we learn from this ant? Autonomy, right? Ants work on their own. Actually, we don't know. Actually, maybe, maybe some scientists can find out there's a manager, there's a supervisor, you know, there's a boss. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they get salary too, or pension too. But... There's no, it's naturally, they, they have no boss. They work from their own. But people do not work on our own. And some people do. Some people do. Most of the people, they work because they have to pay their bills. Right? Amen. And they, they work to fulfill their desires, not just needs. Who living for just needs? <laughs> right? We have all desires. And they work to keep their status quo. A house I, you know, paying for. 
you know, car I, I want to drive. They, they want their status quo. And they work. People work because someone is watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the sin changed everything. The truth is, the sin changed everything. Work was autonomous, but now work is heteronomous. Sorry, but I couldn't pronounce this word uh, nicely. So heteronomous. Work became heteronomous by someone else we working. Before sin, work was originally the privilege, our privilege and joy. Work was a joy and privilege, like Adam did his work. But now work is just responsibility and burden, even painful, stressful. Do you have privilege to work? Or do you work? You have to. Are you joyful in your office, in your working place? Or you work just, your work is just burden? I just you know, saw that Colin has a t-shirt. It says something Friday. Is, is it Friday? Yeah, right? Monday, everybody thinking about, is it Friday? Yeah, right? I know the Wednesday is really a tough, tough day, right? Wednesday, Thursday, wow. Right? Our work is no more joyful because of sin. The Satan took the privilege and joy of work from human. So people... Become lazy. It's their excuse. So Proverbs says, a little slip, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and one like an armed man. There are three littles here. Little, little, little. Little time, little slip, little folding. Because the proverb emphasizing Laziness is not from physical reason. It is more psychological. It is more spiritual reason. Defining laziness as a sin. It is a sin. In Dante's Inferno, the novel, Inferno, sloth, laziness, as one of the seven roots of sin. It's a Christian tradition. Envy, wrath, greed, lust, pride, gluttony, and sloth. So being lazy is not particular people's problem. It is our problem, everyone's problem. Who is a lazy person? Then how we define that he is lazy, she is lazy, how we define them. We usually define other people's lazy by the industrial standard. 
industrial standard, society standard, right? If you are not full time, well, you have a family to support. You know, there's all kind of reasons that you are not. Why? Why you are not working full time? <laughs> why are you not working overtime? If you are in need. So we measure the laziness by the industrial society standard. So we judge people by being lazy. She is lazy. We judge people being lazy by compassion between the input and the output. But what if God is our boss? What if God is our boss? What is the standard for God's kingdom? God created us to work to give life. We are created to work for God, giving life to other people. The first commandment, be fruitful and multiply. It means everyone, the whole creation, must live in abundance and peace. Shalom. Everybody filled. That is the expectation of God's company. That is being creative and meaningful and purposeful. So becoming Christian means transformation from heteronomous worker to autonomous worker. And from autonomous worker to divine worker. We are not just working because I want to work. We work because God wants us to work. For his purpose and his reason. So sisters and brothers in Christ, we are facing this unprecedented world today. The world is godless, merciless. Hopeless. There's so many people in need, so many people in desperate, you know, poverty, without place to live, without food, without education, and there is no life. It is really scary world we are living in, but you know what? This is the greatest time. This is the greatest time for us because the world is so dark. So if we become the light of the world, it will be so manifesting. It will be so distinctive. So we can make a so clear message. But as we know, so many churches and Christians, they are not being the light of the world. Especially for those marginals, the poor and needy. First church. Our church, are we the light of Ephrata? Are we the hope of our community? Are we the followers of Jesus Christ, not just believers of Jesus Christ? So we must be helpers who give people name, acknowledging their meaning and purpose. We must not be lazy but be creative and divine workers who give life to others by obedience to the principle of creation. So, if we do so, people 
watch us and people in the world, in our community, in the, they would believe God and follow Jesus Christ. This is the reason we are here and now. Amen.